In a world of never-ending challenges, collaboration is a tool that can help us overcome almost anything. Together we are better, no matter what your personality type, no matter what your line of work, and even in your personal life. Having the opportunity and ability to effectively collaborate is essential to success. Did you know there are five key elements to good collaboration? Join us as we break them down and show you why no problem should be solved in a vacuum. This is why life is a game of inches. Welcome everyone to Life is a Game of Inches podcast, episode four with your hosts, Dorian Jackson and Lindsay Tuiofu LT. What's what up? It? What's up, homie? I love that we're abbreviating my name now. I think it's a lot easier for our listeners. It's easier for you. <laughs> you know what, LT? Because you are famous now. After four episodes, you have to be famous. I feel the same. So listeners, I also feel like we are at a point where you can actually call Dorian DJ. Uh-oh. Did you just nickname me DJ? <laughs> Yo, DJ. Where's my DJ? <laughs> Uh-oh. She, she, you know what, everyone? The next call, the next podcast we have, Lindsay's going to be on the turntables singing. <laughs> well, listen, it's so good to be back, Lindsay. I know you've been super busy. Uh, I've been super busy, but you know, hanging out with you for 45, 50 minutes, Talking about life is always exciting. Uh, I hope you've been looking forward to this as much as I have. This is probably one of the most exciting episodes, so I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, we had a chance to uh, to, to Lindsay's word is jam. Like like we had a chance to jam on this topic, and uh, I think we might as well go ahead and get into it. However, you know, as as we always do, um, I, and I hope our listeners appreciate it. We always go back and and touch on a little bit of the previous podcast. And the previous podcast was Learn and Observe Behavior. And we, we talked, I mean, there's a lot of different things that we took from it. Uh, I'm going to tee Lindsay up here for a few seconds to talk about kind of some things that she, she's witnessed lately. But if you really think about Learn and Observe Behavior, especially nowadays, right, Lindsay, with the political parties and the behaviors of people that were watching on TV and the things that we're seeing on social media, I mean, you have to you have to look at the way people's behaviors are influencing others and just kind of shake your head like, what the heck's going on? A hundred percent. You know, it's actually interesting. Um, I know like each episode we've been touching on racism, but I actually had something come up today where my daughter actually said, hey, uh, mom, do you remember my friend Black Bella? And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I was like, I'm going to take this moment from my learned experiences from our past episode and what we were talking about to actually talk to my daughter about racism. And so I said, Hey, you know what? It's actually really inappropriate to call somebody black and then their name, like just because their skin color. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I wouldn't call you white Kalani." And she's like, Oh, <laughs> so Although that, like, that would be kind of funny though. <laughs> I, I know. Right. But in her mind, she says, well, I say that because I have a white Bella and a black Bella And so that's how I differentiate them. And so I was like, well, we can use their last name or we can use like a memory or something like this. And so it was really interesting. Um, It was just an interesting moment. So I was excited to be able to teach her in that moment to just move forward and do something different. So now her learned behaviors will be something new. Super cool coachable moment as a mom, right? For sure. I always wonder what our listeners come up with with regards to answers to the questions that we pose. Like one of the questions we pose is, do you watch and judge others yet refuse to make a conscious effort to positively change your own behaviors? The second question we ask is, if you had a crystal ball and could see into the future, would you be proud of the behavior of generations to come? And the last one was, do you believe you are a catalyst for good behaviors or bad behaviors that have an impact on others? Like, I don't know what you think about all those questions, but I I wish we could listen to some of the answers because I have to imagine that there's quite a few of them out there. For sure. I actually would love our listeners to offer us feedback, um, whether it's through Facebook or whatever, but find us on social media. Um, we'll create a Life is a Game of Inches Instagram so you can reach out as well. But I would love to hear feedback on questions that you get from people even if you have answers to the questions that we're asking, we'd just love to get that feedback on what you guys are experiencing as well. 
So Lindsay, you know, based on the things that we talked about with regards to uh, learn and observe behavior, do you think people could actually use collaboration as a bridge to changing the behaviors of others? I totally do. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this and I've actually had several things come up from a few of our podcasts, uh, but learned, learned and observed behaviors in particular. Okay. I'm just going to throw this out there. I have an attitude (laughs) and I can, I can get emotionally, I can get a temper and an emotional temper is the worst, especially in a work environment. And I just kind of had this emotional blow up at work and my, my coworker was so nice to just take it. (laughs) And he started sharing with me about his experiences, how he feels and how he kind of experiences these same types of things. Um, But during our interaction, I actually had a lot come up and typically I would never talk about it with a coworker and I just realized in that moment that I wanted to jam with somebody else to be like, hey, you know what? Like this is coming up for me. And and we just started collaborating on all this stuff about how to communicate in a work environment and what works and doesn't work. And I really felt like our experience as coworkers was so much better, especially moving forward, that now we know I can express, hey, I'm coming in hot. So prep yourself. <laughs> she says, I'm coming in hot. See, I've, <laughs> since you and I've met, I, I've never, I've never seen that side of Lindsay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let it just stay right there. But it, it's interesting how we met. I mean, I think the story goes, we had no intention of doing a podcast, right? We just, and, and t- tell, tell our listeners, we have, we've never met in person. We've only met through zoom. Right. Well, I, you know, I was, I was a little skeptical about starting a podcast. I was really nervous to share my voice with other people. I could do it on the phone and in person, but for some reason, putting my voice out there on a thing seemed really scary, but I was jamming with this guy I met at a mastermind in Mexico. And he kept telling me over and over, you got to meet my mentor. You got to meet my mentor. So he invited me down to Arizona to speak in January. And I flew out there. I spoke and he was so pumped. He's like, my mentor is coming. I can't wait to, to have you to meet. And, and actually Dorian, I will tell you this. So he told me, he's like, just so you know, DJ knows how to read people. And he's like, my experience of you is like, you're super genuine. And, and I, I really like where our friendship is moving forward. But DJ will tell me, and call you on your shit if you're not real. <laughs> and I was kind of nervous. I was like, what? I'm a genuine person. He's going to love me. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, I need to connect you to. You were supposed to come out and speak. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do remember, yes. And then something happened and you couldn't come out. So I was super bummed. I was all excited to meet you. And then a couple months went by and he had me come out to California to speak again. And same thing. He's like, you got to meet my mentor and come to find out you had spoken like a day or two before me. Yeah. I came in that Thursday and you came in on Saturday and we, again, two ships passing in the night. We didn't yeah. even connect. So, so he and I had been collaborating for several months. He's just like, what do you want to do in the world? What do you want to create and contribute? And so I was just sharing all these things and he's like, you have got to meet DJ. So he finally puts us on a group text and I was nervous. I'm like, I, I'm just going to, I don't really know what to talk to this guy about that I'm being connected with, but I know my vision of what I want to create. So maybe there's a pathway, maybe there's somebody that you can connect me to or whatever, no expectations. So when I finally got on a zoom call with you, it was crazy because I just felt like we immediately connected. And then collaborating with you was so easy. We were on a call for, we were on a call for hours just talking about stuff. And we had no idea, like at the time, I had no idea you were interested in doing a podcast. I I, I think I was told, hey, just connect with Lindsay. You guys will, you guys will hit it off. You get along really well. And we talked for hours. And the next thing I know, I'm like, hey, you want to do a podcast? You're like, yeah. 
no, I totally want to do a podcast. <laughs> I had been playing with the idea for quite a while and I was like, oh, do I have the personality? What is my voice going to sound like? I don't know that I feel confident enough to do this. Like I had so many of these limiting beliefs come up. And then as I was talking to you, it was so fluid. So I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to my buddy all day. I could do a podcast if we're just sitting here jamming. Like that's easy. Think about how many people in life, Lindsay. I know you guys are going at some point, he's going to call her LT again, but I'm getting there. <laughs> how many people, Lindsay, sit around with these same thought processes in mind and it just never goes anywhere? And I think this, the topic, and we're going to dive into these questions in a minute that we're going to pose at the very beginning and at the very end. But how many people have these same thoughts and ideas and they never go anywhere? They're just sort of sitting there. And if you think about life in general, we're, we're all sponges to some degree. For sure. Take, taking in information. And the question you have to have to ask yourself is ask yourself is do I want to do I want to leave this planet without giving as much of that information that I've learned and taken in to other people like I, I don't want to leave this earth without giving as much as I can to some other some, some other people 100% and I think about work right so there's a lot of people who are in those 9 to 5 jobs day in and day out they learn so much but it's like where where does that information go and I feel like this is a perfect opportunity, again, to give my business coach a shout out, Richie Norton, who we'll get to hear more later on. I went to him to collaborate. I said, here's a guy who I feel like has put himself out there who collaborates with other people. How do I do this? I have the experience. I have the knowledge. I have all these things. How do I do it? And he was like, Linz, you already know how to do it. Now it's a matter of just asking for it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So when you and I were jamming, I was like, dude, if I tell him, like, I want to create this and you share with me, I want to create this, this beautiful collaboration now turns into our dreams and what we want to create. And a lot of the information we're going to talk with uh, our audience about today falls right in line with if you're sitting there listening to this and thinking, wow, I I'm missing opportunities in my life to collaborate people. And it doesn't, and the things we're going to talk about today doesn't have to mean you collaborate with people you know. Again, Lindsay and I, we didn't know each other, but we knew someone that was able to connect us. So Lindsay, let's go into the questions that we we want to we want to ask everyone today. First question is, am I an effective collaborator? And that's a great question. Am I not just an effective collaborator, but just am I a collaborator in general? And if you are, fantastic. And what are ways in which you can improve that? If you are not, why not? And what can you do to change that? So sort of a two-part question there. Next question is, is what are the five key components of collaboration? Now, we can't, we can't give you those just quite yet. We'll go there in a few minutes. What can effective collaboration get you? I mean, you know what it got Lindsay and I in this particular environment. It got us a podcast, which we're super excited about. If you can't tell, you should be able to tell now because we are, I don't even know if excited Lindsay is the word, like over, over the moon? I get butterflies every time. It's like, I don't know, walking into the Super Bowl stadium. Like, I'm just so excited. So and I'll then, stay excited. Right. So what can effective collaboration get you? And then what can it give others? So it's it's sort of, hey, there's a give and take here. And with, with those questions being uh, questions that we're going to ask at the very end that you're going to walk away with, um, I think as we go through the rest of this podcast, you'll start to put some of those pieces together. So Lindsay, what are some of the advantages of collaboration? I mean, we talked about how we met and, and what we've come up with, but what are some of the advantages of collaboration? Absolutely. I strongly feel like when people work together, they can totally unleash the energy that boosts creativity, productivity, and engagement. I feel like it enhances communication and efficiency. I also feel like collaboration gets stuff done. Problems get solved in creative ways way, way, way faster. I feel like that's the the one place where people actually receive inspiration. They just download this internal inspire button that's like, oh my gosh, that's so easy. Let's just do it this way. So overall, I feel like people get better and it makes the whole world better. Boy, I tell you what, you, you could probably share that information with these uh, these politicians that we can't get <laughs> off of our TV screens. Like every day you turn the TV on. You know what? I immediately go to ESPN because 
like there's not much politics on ESPN and there are going to be people listening to this podcast go, Dorian, come on, dude. There's been <laughs> so many pod, so much politics on sports. Well, guess what? Baseball's over, basketball's over, and I don't see a whole lot of it in football. So, you know, that's kind of the joy of it. But there, there are a whole lot of people who could probably listen to this and go, wow, we, we could do a better job collaborating. You know, we talk about going on the other side of the aisle, collaborating with different people and doing everything we can to get better and helping the world get better. Think about this for a second, because I know you're going to talk about um, how individuals can get better with the world of collaboration. But think about it for organizations, companies like the ones that you work for, ones that I work for. Collaboration in the workplace takes into account employees' ideas, so their thought process, their skills, experiences, and opinions. So when when individuals work together openly and not closed-minded, they process and talk about the different processes together and they talk about their goals because, you know, goals and processes go together. You have goals, um, you have desires, and then you have a process that you build to take you from one place to the next. Everyone becomes a lot more aligned, right? So you sit down at a table, whatever table it is, or you sit on Zoom and hey, we got a great idea and you have an open mind about the idea. And then different people bring different skill sets because education is different, backgrounds are different, they were raised different. By the way, learned and observed behaviors are going to be a bit different. Um, their experiences are different and their opinions are different. That's what you want to bring to the table, right? I I love that so much because um, it actually brings up my old position I used to have. I was the chief alignment officer for this company where I actually would align either behaviors, content, relationships so that it was a give and a take. And I feel like in the world, a lot of people don't spend the time to see like, oh, if I put these two people together, they're going to make something so powerful that could change industries just from collaborating. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, 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 as I was going through that thought process, I, I envisioned myself in the past sitting at roundtable sessions and having discussions, and having a discussions where everyone was open minded, and not, hey, you know what? I've got a bigger title, I have a bigger mm-hmm. paycheck, I've got more experience, mm-hmm. and sitting down with a closed mind. Right? I, I like the, I like the phrase, um, leave the title on the other, other side of the door, right? This is like nameless, yeah, rankless discussions. And, and the next, you know, these ideas and skills and experiences and opinions and everyone working together to take the organization from where it is today to where they set out to go. And I have to imagine that most successful companies, if not all successful companies, have really done a great job of collaborating collectively together as an organization. And I bet their success rates are a lot higher than those that are not willing to do that. It takes leadership, of course, to be able to say, hey, I'm going to put these teams in a position to collaborate and work together and come up with suggestions and ideas that are going to move us forward. I have to imagine that most successful organizations are doing things like that. Well, I would say yes and no. I've been in organizations, large and small, where it's very much, I know the path I want to go down. I know exactly how to achieve that. Fill in the box or get out. And I realized that I am not one of those people. I'm a person that creates, but I'm also portions of me. I'm an integrator where I can beat the drum and get things done, but I also want to be able to shape things if I see a faster way. And some organizations don't want that. So I'm I'm grateful to be in a place now where I can finally collaborate and say, you know what? In my experience, this is how it is. And they're like, cool, go make it happen. Yeah, but I can't, Lizzie, I can't. I cannot imagine companies being successful without some level of collaboration in their business. There's just no way. I would say in the beginning stages, it's very collaborative. But the moment that it becomes corporate-y, there's no way that they can allow for that open inspiration in certain places. I believe that like for innovators, they have to keep creation open. But for like a call center, there's no inspiration there. They're like, hey, go beat the drum, make this happen. If you don't do this three times, you're out. 
Yeah, well, you know what? That that kills employee morale, which is obviously, hey, that's something we could talk about, employee morale. But nonetheless, it, it probably isn't going to help you create an environment where people feel as if whatever they learn outside of that workplace, they can bring to the workplace. I mean, it's probably in their best interest to, at some particular point, if they want to take their company to another level to say, hey, we have to make adjustments and start listening to the people who are actually getting the job done. Now, again, in a call center, mm-hmm. if you're just if you're just dialing things up and right, as your example is, you're just dialing people up on a phone and you're just using a script and there are success or failure rates there. And they go, hey, you know what? We're having more success and failures. There's, there's, it, it's sort of a, a, I call it a mindless, thankless job. All you're doing is reading right. off the script, right? But I'm I mean, I guess to- you can find some inspiration in that. Maybe be more cheerful to people. I, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that that that's a bad job. I'm just saying that you're not going to be put in a position where you could go home at night and rewrite a script and yeah. come back the next day and say, hey, I think we should change this script around because it's going to help us be more successful. And the reason I know is because I'm making the calls every single day. And, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so there are, there are clearly those companies out there. But, you know, I, I still think creating a sense of teamwork and building bonds encourages team members to to really work for the collective group rather than just themselves. And that's where, that's where you get the retention will improve in an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want to get up and go to work every day. They want to do well by the company. They don't feel that they're just a number. Um, you know, things like this can inspire them and increase engagement. And again, productivity will go through the roof when people feel as if they're part of a team. It's uh, so true. And, and, and they don't, they don't want to let people down. It's, it's one thing, you know, Hey, I don't want to let myself down, but I definitely don't want to let my team down. For sure. I know for, for me, I just think about like all the individuals in the world. It's like, are they waking up? And I ask this to myself as well. Am I waking up with enthusiasm, passion, excitement to go to my job? Or am I waking up lethargic, saying to myself like, oh, it's another day. I got to do one more thing. And being surrounded by collaborative, open people, I feel like that's that's what brings out the best parts of my creativity, my inspiration, that joy and hunger for success and an added drive. I also feel like being able to collaborate with my teammates totally broadens my worldviews because it's no longer I'm here beating the drum. It's like, oh, I'm going to make this a bigger deal to my community. I'm going to make this a bigger deal to an industry. I'm going to take this global. So all of a sudden my perspective completely shifts. And I feel like as I collaborate and kind of share these ideas with other people, it totally strengthens my relationships. I don't know about you, Dorian, but I have made some of my very, very, very best friends collaborating both in the workforce and out of the workforce. And you being one of them. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, what what's it? What do you think it does for people as individuals? I mean, we we obviously know what it can do or not do for a corporation, but what about for individual people? I'm just everyday average person who we're talking to. So collaboration. Okay, I just helped a buddy today uh, put some shingles on a roof. Like I had to carry shingles up to a ladder and like push it over. It's kind of intense, but. LT, did, had... you just, did you just tell me you were carrying shingles today? I did. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I just want to make sure that we're real clear here because everyone's yes. going to listen and go, did LT just talk about carrying shingles uh, for a roof? Yes. I was roofing for a portion of today. So, um, but I will say I met a guy who started talking to me about how he wants to meet with other people in the roofing industry to collaborate. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting because I'm about to do a a podcast on this. I said, so what about roofing? Like, what do you want to do to collaborate with these other people? He's like, well, I just feel like there's other individuals in the world who feel the same way I do. I said, like what? He says, you know, I just want to find other like-minded people in the roofing industry that want to jam. I want to know like if I have a question or if there's a better way to do something or a better distributor or whatever, like I just want to figure out how to provide better customer service for my people. And so I was really thinking about collaboration for an individual. What does that actually mean? It could mean a better job. It could mean 
uh, they scale their company. It could mean a huge financial financial increase. It could it could be meeting a spouse. I mean, so much happens in collaboration that takes one person from point A to point B to point C all the way down to Z and so much life experience in between. So it really does change everything. So both, you know, professionally and personally, emotionally, opportunity, you know, looking for different opportunities. It, it sounds to me like collaboration is a critical element in people's lives, both professionally and personally. Would you agree with that? A thousand percent, because it's strengthening relationships, meaning their emotional health. I truly feel like everybody in the world at some point wants to be a superhero. And I, my mother will tell you that I always wanted to be a superhero. And in fact, DJ, I'm pretty sure I told you to stand, I got it off Grey's Anatomy, coin Grey's Anatomy for the superhero uh, pose. You stand in superhero pose with your arms on your hips and your chin up to the sky. And that is how I feel when I collaborate with other people. So emotionally, I feel like I am a superhero. And the other thing is my network. My network is my net worth. And that is what has supported me in, in my personal and professional life. And I know that it supports other people that way as well. And it enhances personal growth. I, I know that from personal experience. So I'm I a better have, person because I met you. So, oh, you're so, look at you. You're Aww, so sweet. I, you know, I, I feel exactly the same way, Liz. I got to ask you then. Okay. Now that we've done the, the, the huggy stuff, let me ask you, what superhero did you want to be? Spider-Man, Spider-Woman. You want to be Spider Woman? Why? Like yeah. webs and climbing walls and stuff? I hate spiders. I am like deathly afraid of spiders, but I loved the fact that I could like shoot spider webs out of my hands and like shut someone's mouth or I could have them swing with me. It was just like kind of all the things. And anybody who knows me from my hometown can tell you my freshman year, I was obsessed with Spider Man. I had a toy box, I had like all my books for Spider Man. Shout out to Taylor Green, uh, Taylor Vincent now, because she knows how obsessed I was being a superhero. Until one day you look down and you realize those webs aren't coming out of your hands like uh, yeah. Spider-Man does. So I have to tell you, I, I was a, obsessed with Aquaman. I, I loved Aquaman, the whole water thing, talking to fish. I thought, you know, uh, getting the whales and dolphins to do what he wanted them to do was super, super cool. So you guys, you got, you got LT who wanted to be spider woman and you got DJ who wanted to be Aquaman. I, I, you know, with, 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 there has to be though, there has to be some fear behind why leaders of businesses, leaders of people, groups of people, companies, individuals, there has to be some reasons why there's a fear for collaboration. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you've experienced a fear for collaboration. I. I, I know. I, I can't say I personally have feared collaborating. I think I've feared um, the response that you get from people during time well, yeah. of collaboration. It's, it's kind of like that validation where it's like, oh, if I bring this idea, like what is their take going to be on it? And speaking from personal experience, I kind of talked to you about this before, but even the podcast, like thinking about doing a podcast, the, the first thing that came into my mind was this little voice that I heard my mom way, way, way back when. And I mean, now she would laugh at me and be like, you really thought that I would say that to you is I don't know enough. Like, who am I? I'm just this girl sitting in Utah. What have I experienced? Whatever. Like, it's not like my story is any different than anybody else. So what makes me so special to get these people to listen? You know, it's funny when we were jamming, we brought this up and, and I, I want to share with our listeners what we have determined to be, you know, sort of, we, we picked out five. There's, there's quite a few, but we picked out five. So I want to, I want to share that, but let me, let me tell you something, Lindsay, there's three, what there's something like 330 million people in the United States. Um, I think a small, very small percentage of those people are like, like millionaires or above, right? Yeah. We, we are just the everyday average person. We get up every day, we go to work, we've got families, we've got children, we have responsibilities, but you know what? 
most of the people who are listening to what we're talking about are those same type of people just like us who want to hear stories and information from the everyday person. I was on a, a conference call the other day and someone was playing an excerpt from an interview that Will Smith did. You know how many people are Will Smith? Very few. There's only one Will Smith. You know how many people are Michael right. Jordan? Very few, right? Michael Jordan yeah. could get on and tell people, hey, here's the things that I did to become successful. And you can do it until the cows come home and you're still going to wake up like like us, the everyday Joe. Kobe. So, so right? The, yeah. the Kobe, like, like, there's only so many of those people. There's more people like us. So I have to tell you something, my friend. You bring a lot to the table. Here are five things. And, and I'm going to circle back to that statement here in a second. There's five things that I think most people fear. We, we just talked about one, which is you know fear of judgment or possibility that could, something could go wrong if you collaborate with two people. Not being prepared, right? I mean, we, we, got a, we put a lot of work into to, to having these discussions that we're having today, but not being prepared, all talk, no action, people that don't do their homework losing control during the collaboration session, um, having things not really go as you plan, paranoia, competition, actually collaborating with someone that might know more than you. But frankly, I, I, I don't want to be Or somebody person. that might steal something. Steal your information. I, like, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You know why? I want to walk away with some additional information. If totally. you're the smartest person in the room, what are you going to learn from other people? I, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. So you, you, know, you, you don't want to be told that you did something wrong, or you're doing something wrong, and you don't want to lose uh, credit or ideas as you said, someone's stealing your stuff. And last but not least, the insecurities yeah. of, of, of you not being able to measure up. So those those are a few things um, uh, that we wanted to share with you. But again, there's many, many more. But but I have to ask you, Lindsay, at some point you had some of these insecurities as I did early on. What were some of the key elements of successful collaboration that you actually found yourself focusing on as you got better at it? Because you're really good at it. And I know you teed up one of your mentors who's, who's, I know you've got some exciting stuff to tell our listeners at the very end of today's um, podcast about your mentor and, and something I'm like, I, I'm not going to spoil it because it's your surprise, but what are some of the things that you found that you were able to lean on that helped you become a better collaborator? So, I mean, there's so many, but we have a handful um, and ones that DG and I really wanted to bring to you guys was trust, respect, willingness empowerment and communication. For me, the very first thing was trust. Um, had I not trusted my buddy to connect DJ and I, there's just no way that I would have been willing to get vulnerable. And, and it was, it's like to a degree, right? So I remember growing up watching my dad, my dad and I, I mean, he, I, I did everything with my dad and I used to watch him. We used to go to the beach and I would just see him talk to total strangers, like no big deal at all. He'd be like, Hey, like, how's the surf? He'd talk about new surf wax. He'd talk about surfing spots. He'd talk about the best times to come and go. Like there was all these different things that he would talk about. And I'm like, how does he do that? How does he just get so comfortable and confident to just talk to these people? And I always felt like he built relationships with them very quickly, um, but then quickly found out the things that they were interested in, and then he would connect all these dots. And so I feel like my collaboration stuff came really from learned and observed behaviors, watching my dad do these things. And, and it really taught me how to get out of my own comfort zone. But also like learning how to trust others with the value that they bring to the table was something that, that I learned to master over the years. And, but like to that point, DJ, I, I want all the people that know me to know that our connection was never just for what they would bring to the table because I genuinely care about all the people that I connect with. And I know that they feel that. Um, but it's also nice to know that the people that I do collaborate with, do bring something to the table. And even if it's not for my own personal use, I know lots of people who I can connect them to who are in their, in their same like swim lane, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. But I have to imagine that again, trust is, is the first bullet you pointed out, but I have to imagine you can't 
trust too quickly either. You have to sort of oh. follow your instincts and sort of navigate through the waters a bit to, to get to the point where you're comfortable enough to say, hey, I trust the person I'm collaborating with. Yes. And I will say this. So when our friend connected us, I trusted him, but our relationship was still pretty new. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to connect with you, DJ, but I'm still going to feel you out and see if this is going to be a good fit. Do I feel comfortable using my voice, which was the most important? Um, do I feel like, you know, it's a give and take, or is it just a give or just a take? And right off the bat, I just was super comfortable with you. So I was open and willing to just jump in and be vulnerable and share all of my ideas with you. So, so you think that the, the trust aspect comes from two people that are both willing to be vulnerable to- Absolutely. Right? Let's just say this. Have you ever been in front of somebody and you're making eye contact and they won't look at you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. like so awkward. So it's, it's that trust where it's like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there to this person. Are they even open to receiving and like giving me something back? They can't look at me in the eyes. Bye. So, so trust is a huge one. Yes. And then from trust, you, I think you mentioned respect. I mean, the the, the ability to acknowledge others contribution to a topic, a conversation, something that they bring to the table. Is it important to respect people right out of the gate? In other words, I'm going to give you the respect that you deserve and if you change that, that's on you. In other words, if you go into it not respecting people, then you're almost you're almost putting up a defense mechanism that doesn't allow someone to be become vulnerable. Well, it kind of goes two ways, right? So like the next one is willingness. So I feel like willingness and respect go hand in hand because if I'm not willing to be vulnerable and put myself out there, how can I expect anybody else to give me that in return? Yeah, you're 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 right. But if I give you in, in, in our relationship, in, in, as we built it, we trusted a source and then we became vulnerable. We were willing, right? The third yeah. component we're talking about today, we were willing to say, hey, we're going to be open enough to, to give ourselves, create a level of vulnerability. And that led obviously to the trust factor, but but also respecting your, your view. I mean, you had some views. I'm like, wow, like I, I, I if I hadn't opened myself up to accepting that, the way you viewed life, the way you viewed parenthood, then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just shutting you down. That's not going to get us down the path we want to go to. So uh, frankly, if, if you were to put these in order, you probably would have to say, hey, I've got to have a willingness and to, and to be vulnerable, to acknowledge that this person is human just like I am. And then that leads to trusting the person. And yeah. from that trust, you start to build that level of respect that allows you to communicate it with a very open sort of sense of mind. And, Which and then not, ultimately empowers. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you see where I'm going with that. Then you eventually become empowered. So as we walk through our relationship for our listeners and and whatever relationship they're in, whether they're personal or their business relationships, it's like, hey, have a willingness and openness to put yourself out there and not be afraid to, yeah. you know, people say, well, I'm afraid to get hurt. I'm afraid to seem like I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you, you got to put your, you got to put that front, front foot forward. And if you want problems to be solved and challenges to be, be dealt with, you have to put yourself out there. So the willingness comes first, then the trust is built. And then you start to develop that respect for one another and the group, if it's a business environment. And then of course you become empowered to want to do it more, to have an impact on other people, to have an impact on the universe. And then what happens after that? So you got those four components put together. And now what's the next one that comes, Lindsay? Uh, so we've got empowerment. What comes after? But what comes and next, can, right? Like, like what's the biggest one? This, Like to me, this is like, this wow. is, do you guys, this is the biggest one here. Communication. Like if you don't have an open line of communication, then nothing's going to get accomplished. So communication one, I feel like, I feel like this is where I started to backpedal in, in launching a podcast because I was so terrified of communication. Am I speaking properly? Am I too casual? Am I too formal? The information that I'm sharing, do I have a source for it? Where does this knowledge come from? There was like all these things 
And then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to put it out there with DJ and just see what flows. And so as I opened the lines of communication on what I wanted to bring across to people, that's where I felt like our relationship deepened because we both started to open lines of communication. Someone told me one time that if you can have an impact on one person, then you're doing things the right way. And and so I think sometimes we are trying so hard to have an influence on a, a large sum of people, or we're trying to do something that really gives us a sense of accomplishment for as many people as we can wrap our arms around. But in all reality, it's just that one person. Because if you think about it, if there's 330 million people in the world and we impact one and then they go out and impact one and you add that up, then guess what? One person that we've affected or impacted, there might be thousands of people down the line that got that information that we shared and we're doing everything we can to help the world become a better place. So really, I mean, I, 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 I listen, I, for me, the communication is critical. Like there's elements in here you could look at of the five that we talked about and, and okay, Lindsay, I'll give you your pick. You get to pick one, but I'm taking communication to me. I, it all I'm, starts I'm, communication. I'm choosing willingness, but before I sit, tell you why I want to go back to one thing that you said that if we impact one person, that it makes such a big difference. I truly believe that by us, by myself taking accountability for myself and being all of who I am, that is the impact to somebody else. It may not be through words, it may not be through actions, but people are constantly observing. Whether it's through social media, whether it's through, you know, interactions at work or in the grocery store, wherever. Everybody, you made a comment before in one of our other episodes, somebody's always watching. Someone's always watching. And and I'm I'm gonna tell you something. So you picked willingness, right? Yeah. All right. I did. <laughs> so you picked willingness. I picked communication. Some some of our listeners, someone's they're sitting around listening and going, all right, I picked trust, I picked respect, I I picked empowerment. Listen, they all five of those go together. I guess that's what we're sort of talking about here. At, at some point, they all have to come together to get you to the point where you're excited to sit down with a person or people and collaborate. I, I got a quick story because I think another another thing we talked about was the the apprehension of people to collaborate because they're afraid that their ideas and you know things that they share is going to be taken away or stolen. Someone's going to someone's going to um to repeat what they did and they're going to have more success from it. I, I don't know if you've seen um uh, this show on Netflix uh, LT called The Final Table and and I have to share this. I, I, I promise our producer Lori Roberts that we're going to keep this to, this part to one minute so she can time me now. The final table, the one, the first episode I sh- I saw was uh, about uh, about Mexico, and they had to create a dish, and the dish was a taco. And I remember sitting there listening as we're getting prepared to talk about collaboration. I remember these these however many there were. There's probably 26 chefs, some of the top chefs in the world. They all have to make a taco. You know what resonated most with me is they all made a different taco. Not one person made the same taco. So my question is, is if you can sit down and collaborate with someone and come up with some really great ideas, you can't tell me that you can have a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a turn, a little bit of something, just a little bit different. It's almost like a recipe. Not every recipe comes out exactly the same. I like making chili. I've made chili uh, hundreds of times. And Let's talk about like Betty Crocker, right? Cake mix. <laughs> Listen, not every <laughs> single freaking cake that you make is going to taste exactly the same. The point I'm trying to make is, is sharing ideas and sharing ways in which other people can be successful doesn't mean you're giving away the farm. It doesn't mean you're giving away a trade secret. At some particular point in time, someone's going to come up with a similar version, if not the same exact version, and they're going to be successful at it. Listen, I want to share as much of my information as I possibly can. Doesn't mean you're going to deliver it the same way I deliver it. Doesn't mean that people are going to respond the same way that you respond when I deliver it. But at the end of the day, don't you feel better, Lindsay, when you give people information? Don't you feel as if you're overcoming what I call the inevitable, which is 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 providing people with a chance to become successful by not collaborating? Don't you feel so much better when you collaborate? Absolutely. 
I've found some of my my best ideas come from collaborating. They come from sharing my gifts with other people. That's actually how I got into coaching because I realized that through my life experiences and relationships, I had so much information. And there's so many people out there with very little information that just by giving a new perspective on an outcome could change everything in their life. I tell you what, every single time we get on and we talk, I walk away feeling better and better about what it is that we're doing, Lindsay. I really do. I I think we're having a fantastic impact on one another. Uh, I know Lori's enjoying everything that we're doing. And again, we're always going to give Lori Roberts, we call her Loro. If we're giving out nicknames today, DJ, LT, and Loro, giving her a big shout out. She is is the the, the Oz behind the curtain that just makes everything happen. And she's amazing. And we collaborate with her all the time. Um, but I have to tell you, it's, it, it's, if, there's, if there's one thing I want you to take away from this podcast is, is plant as many collaboration seeds as you possibly can. Make as many connections totally. as you possibly can. And Lindsay talked about it uh. earlier. She says, all I do is I spend time connecting with people. So make as many connections, right? That plant this seed with as many people as you possibly can about what you do, who you are, where you're going, what you want to accomplish. And it's good. It'd be amazing how many people actually will collaborate back with you. And it's created so many opportunities. I mean, like talk about in the world. I don't think I've applied for a job in a very, very long time. I've planted enough seeds that people know who I am. They know what I bring to the table. And I've created my reputation off of that. And it's taken me years and years and years to build. But because I was open and why I love willingness so much is I was willing to put myself out there to just share with people exactly who I am. And as I did that, the people who I wanted to be surrounded by connected with me and they stayed with me and led me to new people who brought new um, and inspiring things. So I, I loved it. I love collaboration. And that's why I'm so passionate about willingness. You're awesome. And I'm so glad that the person who connected us absolutely did so. So as as we start to get towards the end of uh, today's show, I want to just make sure that that we circle back to the five steps that LT and I talked about today, which is trust, respect, willingness, empowerment, and communication. And they are all meant to work together. You can't take one out and still get to the point where collaboration is going to be successful for you. Um, you, You've got to work to overcome your fears. You've got to put some of those maybe past experiences behind you and start thinking about, hey, how can I do, how can I as an individual person do a better job? What can I bring to the table a little bit differently so that uh, I can have a a better impact on people? You, You can't have respect without communication. You certainly can't have empowerment without willingness. And all those five things that we talked about go together. And you have to be willing and open to ideas that might be in conflict with yours, right? You, when you go to the table and you think about things that you're trying to accomplish, think there's going to be conflict. And I, I know I'm T and Lin- Lindsay, I'm I sure know. Chom- she's chomping at the bit. She's like, DJ, hurry up. I got something I want to share. Listen, just, <laughs> just be willing and open to ideas that might be in conflict with yours and own it when you're wrong. But I do want to say, remember that conflict is healthy. What? What What did you just say? Conflict is healthy. Are you trying to tell me something here? I am. Our next podcast. Is that where we're going next? Yep. And it's a real thing. And it's a real thing. It is a real thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, tell you, I tell you what, everyone. Uh, Lindsay, but you got something else to share too, don't I, I mean, do, I, I do, I, I do. I, okay, I, I've been I, sitting I, I, this time. I, I, I was trying to get all, I was trying to get all, you know, serious about the five steps to make sure our listeners walk away. We're wrapping their or their arms around something. You know what? I'm going to turn the call over to you. Go ahead. So before we end this out to remind you of our four questions, four takeaways for you to really chomp on, I have to tell you. So as DJ and I were collaborating, we were really thinking about what we could do for you listeners and, and how we can kind of turn the tables. And I have an expert, a real expert in the collaborative field that's going to do an interview. And I'm so excited because not only is he my business coach, but he's one of the top 100 coaches in the world. He has been recognized by Forbes. He has his own podcast. 
He's an author, speaker, obviously the best business coach, blogger. His story is crazy. I don't want to give it away before he comes on, but just know he is an expert in collaboration. He is one of the main reasons and inspirations why I even got started in this podcast and has just been a huge, huge, huge influence in my life. And as DJ and I were collaborating, we just knew we had to have him on the show. Our podcast guest, do we want to share with everybody his name or do we want to keep it a mystery? You know what? I think we should just simply keep it a mystery. But if okay. we but but if we if we let it out there, then people can Google him and go, oh my gosh, we can't miss episode five. Okay. Episode five is going to be a one-on-one interview with Richie Norton. I'm so pumped. Google him right now. Check out his podcast. His podcast is The Richie Norton Show. He wrote the book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid. If you don't have it, get it. It's on Amazon. It's a phenomenal read. It's a quick read. Super fun, outgoing guy. But stay tuned because he's going to bring a ton of value and nuggets on collaboration on episode five. And then we're going to swing right into uh, Conflict is Healthy. So is, are we going to put the boxing gloves on on that podcast, Lindsay? I We might have to. Uh-oh. We gonna I, I'm not opposed to that. I feel like our podcast could use a little conflict. Oh, you know what? Well, then, then you better you better get your A-game ready because I'll bring a little conflict to the table. I will cut you. <laughs> I will cut you up, boy. <laughs> well, listen, I, I've uh, as, as you guys can tell, we have a lot of fun collaborating. We have a lot of fun. Uh, working together, and I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, this uh, this episode as much as we have. So here's our questions to wrap up podcast episode four on Life is a Game of Inches. It is, am I an effective collaborator? Why not? How can I change that? What can I do better? What are the five key components of collaboration? We walk through our five today. You might have a similar five. You might have a different five. What can effective collaboration get you? And what can it give others? What can effective collaboration get you? And what can it give others? LT, I can't thank you enough for all that you do. All you do for our listeners, the people that you do work with every single day to make a difference in their lives. Loro, I can't thank you enough for what you do. Um, we are a great team, a great team of collaborators. That was today's topic. Thank you for joining Life is a Game of Inches. Your host, Dorian Jackson and Lindsay Tuiofu. Until next time, make it a great day. Peace.